You know, times are really changing. They're changing fast. Let me give you a quick example of how. In 1920, if you had a $20 bill and one ounce of gold, you could go into any men's clothing store and buy an entire suit. You wow. Buy the, the jacket, the shirt, the belt, shoes, the whole bit. Today, that $20 bill, what's it going to get you? Not much. Maybe the socks, maybe a <laughs> handkerchief, but the one ounce of gold could still buy you the entire suit at any men's store in America. That's the difference. That's what inflation does to your dollar. It's a deflating dollar caused by inflation. Now, today, that's happening faster than ever. You need somebody that you trust that can help get you out of a fake currency and into something that's going to keep you safe. And we know a guy that has two PhDs by the name of Dr. Dr. Kirk Elliott. We have known him for over 25 years, and he's someone we completely trust. You need somebody that you can get a hold of, somebody that's going to be there for you to get back out of it, and then maybe back into the stock market, maybe back into something else when things settle down. But right now is not that time. You need somebody that you trust and somebody you can call and make those worries go away. That's exactly right. So you can go to flyovergold.com. Dot com, fill out your information for your free consultation, or you can call 720-605-3900. Do it today. You'll be glad you did. This is fun. And we're actually live, live. I got your questions right here. I'm looking at them. We're going to be answering them tonight. Because um, I know a lot of you have questions right now. We have an indictment that was just served to uh, President Donald Trump. Um, mm-hmm. There is an uh, uh, increasing uh, war in Ukraine. They're picking up reserve yep. troops and, and moving. There's so many things happening. And all of them impact the dollar, yes. impact your finances, impact them. And we get a lot of questions. And I'm like, hey. I got some of the same ones. I know, I know, I know who to ask. And so we opened this up tonight for a live Q and A with a guy that has not one but two, two PhDs. He's also the author of Thriving in the Economic Tsunami. Doctor Doctor Kirk Elliott. Oh my word! Our first ever live Q and A session. And I was teasing with you earlier, Stacy. It's like okay. I thought it was me going to ask you questions. And I'm <laughs> yeah, right. Totally unprepared. Totally. Well, <laughs> well, I was like, no way. You, we gotta ask you. You're the one with the two PhDs. You you actually have more PhDs than our entire staff all put together. Yeah. Which but no um on another note though, uh producer Colton took a test recently and he's a, actually legitimately a certified genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, that doesn't like, surprise it, me. It doesn't surprise me it, either. It's, it's it's all about the genes. <laughs> it's, it's good genes on on her side. It, it is all about the genes, and it's not about title, and it's not about stature and impact and influence, right? Because most of the people in government are certifiably ignorant, true, <laughs> or oh certifiably evil, one or yes. the other. Right. But yeah, it doesn't it's surprise so me. True. You know, before we before we started the show, we were pretty impressed, you know, with politicians. We're like, oh, wow. They're Not this episode, like two years ago. 
Yeah, before yeah. we yeah before, before we, started we started our podcasting. whole podcast and all of that, and now you know a couple of years later we're like not so impressed any longer. You know, yep. I mean, it's like oh, if somebody's a politician, you're like ooh, you got some strikes against you. Well, especially right now when you look at there, there's there's one distinct thing that I've noticed you know about with President Trump is he's an outsider. Yep. And the Republicans, Democrats, everybody that's a part of that swampy city called Washington, D.C., and I think a lot of them go there with good intentions. They want to maybe make a change, some of them. Mm-hmm. But then they kind of get into the compromises to get this done, and there's just – there's something about it. And the 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 pharmaceutical money and the industrial complex money and the foreign aid, all this – I don't know exactly what happens, but they get this Potomac virus in their mind mm-hmm. and – I tell you, you, you can see how they're responding to it to to an outsider. They do not want him in yep. to fix the things that they have broken. None of them, Mm-mm. none of them on on either side. No nope. um, Republicans or Democrats. It, it it makes it for a really interesting time. You mm-hmm. know when you when you when you look at that and that's the what makes it quirky is that they're the ones that are driving the cab and we're sort of in the back when it comes to. Our, our money and the mm-hmm. education system and a lot of things, but more than any other area, we really can take back control of the financial part of it. True. Now, maybe not what they're doing to you know the the mortgage rates and some of those things, but the impact it's having on our dollar. And that that's why I love the episodes with you because it's um, more than anything else we do. We can rage about the border and and different things, but when we have our conversations with you, you you do draw attention to what's going on, but. You have solutions. Mm-hmm. You know, here's, hope. here's here's the historical precedent. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happened in the past. Here's what we can do now to protect ourselves from that. Yeah. No, 100%. I mean, you brought – so I'm just going to – I can't be on a show, even though it's a Q&A show, without at least giving a little bit of an economic update. Yeah. Right? But, but you know, you said something really interesting there, and I it just popped into my head about how – Washington is a swamp and it's always been the same. And it's like, how does it seem to corrupt people, even good people? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's a territorial spirit that, that controls that place. And what we're seeing are just physical manifestations of a spiritual battle, not just here, not just in Washington, but around the world, right? Because we've opened that door mm-hmm. to these things because yep. of greed, because of debt, because of you, we let that, we let that in. And it's hard to kick it out because we yep. invited it, right? It's Overall. True. So so here's where, you know, as I'm I'm looking at what's happening um, around the globe, you know, so we've got these major issues. So big, big issues. And, and it reminds me, Voltaire, you know, an old philosopher, right? He expressed this paper money eventually returns to its intrinsic value. Mm. Zero. <laughs> so yep, kind of like monopoly yeah, I mean, money. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, yeah. and and he said it good. I mean, when you just print something that doesn't have a tangible backing, it always like a magnet will go towards its intrinsic value of zero. Mm-hmm. So we've got these issues. They have to keep printing money to try to stimulate things and try to get us out of problems. Well, that's why it does go to zero because we've lost the tangible backing. We've lost the credibility of the rest of the world. I mean, just this morning, Fitch ratings reduced the the credit rating of the U.S. Treasury of our of our thirty year bond from AAA status to two A plus. Okay, okay. How have, in the world 
Can you be the world's reserve currency if you don't even have the highest rating available? Have you, you ever can't. seen that happen before? No. Wow. No. I so here's where we've got we've got issues. I mean, probably, you know, but maybe for a little bit. Um, at some point, maybe during the 70s or something, but then it just bounced right back. Or, but mm -hmm. definitely it could have happened a lot prior to us being the world's reserve currency in 1944. Okay. Because when you have that, you have built in demand. That's part of the algorithm is how much demand do you have for your currency? How much debt do you have? How, what's your propensity to pay it mm -hmm. off? Well, we've had a huge propensity to be able to pay off our debt when there's built in demand from petrodollars and everything else, right? So, so now, the rating agency is saying, hmm, you don't have as much of a propensity or ability to pay off your debt. This is wild. So, mm -hmm. so now we've got a bank crisis, right? There's there and borrowers will default and banks will go bankrupt. Okay. I, I don't like to be so dogmatic about things usually, but this to me is like, it will. Borrowers will default mm -hmm. and banks will go bankrupt. Why? Because Banks need high rates and a reduction in a loan portfolio to survive. Without higher rates and a reduction in the loan portfolio, they, they go belly up. But borrowers need the opposite. Borrowers, both commercial and private, need lower rates and more credit to survive. Mm. <laughs> Absolute opposite. So where are they going to meet? You can't just meet in the middle because that's what we've got. Right. So they're... Either banks are going to survive and everybody else fails or everybody else wins and the banks fail. There's not a good result to that, right? But what is going to happen here, this dilemma without solution ends up with both sides losing. Mm. Borrowers will default and the banks are going to go bankrupt, right? So mm. so here's the 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 framework that we have before we go into the Q&A. So we've got global debt, and this is like a, a perfect wealth destruction scenario. Right? It's like mm -hmm. global. Global debt has gone up 80x, 80 times uh, between 4 trillion in 1971 to 325 trillion in 2023. That's interesting. The 1971 was a big year. The World Economic Forum started that year. Um, I mean, that, that was a big year. There was well, a lot the, of the song, that, the song Imagine, the, song Imagine uh, the, the, the worst song out. ever written came out that the, year. Uh, the, oh, the um, most annoying song ever written. With yes. the Catholic but, church that looks like a snake inside that building. That's what you, that's what the year that was built. I mean, crazy. So, so World Economic Forum started, but everything happened that year. The big thing economically is Nixon closed the gold window. So now that was basically made the U.S. dollar completely fiat. Right. So mm -hmm. not even countries could trade back and forth with gold. He closed that. So we then just started printing without discretion. But then mm -hmm. that what allowed us to continue to do that was adding the petrodollar in 1973. So big year, right? Went from four trillion to three hundred and twenty-five trillion in twenty twenty-three. <throat> but what are we going to do moving forward by the year twenty thirty? This is only seven years away, right? Mm -hmm. Um they're expecting that the global derivatives bubble could push three quadrillion, three plus quadrillion, right? So high interest rates and high inflation leave to sovereign, which is country debt defaults and private debt defaults. Bubble assets like stocks, bonds, property are going to fall dramatically in real terms. 
there's going to be a major debasement of U.S. dollar in most currencies, right? What does debasement mean? They just print it so much that it turns into monopoly money and and it's going to take way more of that junk currency to buy goods and services, right? That's mm-hmm. inflation. You'll have higher taxes, bail-ins, and why? To fund probably social security systems that will basically go away without mm-hmm. austerity measures. Like we're going to cut your benefits or we're going to raise your age and when you can get those benefits. And we've got the BRICS nations um, will also emerge to be stronger, but I, I think suffer for mm-hmm. a while. There's there's a lot of transition. There's a lot of turmoil in transition. So everything that we're seeing isn't going to come without pain, but it's going to be the future of the world that we're living in is a world without the U.S. dollar being the world's reserve currency. And I think what happened this morning with us being downgraded on our credit rating is the first big ominous sign that we can't re- we can't maintain that reserve currency status without even having the best credit score as a country that we can get. Mm. Wow! So that's our backdrop for the Q and A tonight. <laughs> okay. Okay, man. Well, we got, right. got some answers. This is fun uh, interacting with you guys here. Normally, we don't have you know the laptop here watching it. Uh, Producer Colton's up. We got uh, the Flavor app going. We're on the Rumble channel. So to put your questions in there, we're going to get to them all the very best uh, that we can as well. Um, also, ask you guys, uh, if, if, you, if you're on the Rumble one specifically, please give it a like and follow on that mm-hmm. channel. We're trying to get that to a, to a place. It's taken about two years mm-hmm. to get where we lost our last YouTube channel, you know, there in that 80,000 uh, range. And so kind of help us kind of kind of combat that and participate here on the Rumble side. And we can do more of these as well. So George Cook, we got so many of you guys that we that we uh, answer questions with online. And now we got you here live. So, uh, Kirk, let's start with here. Um um, is there a safer option uh, for banking? What's the safest option for banking when it comes to daily expenses and, and bills? I think a lot of people are nervous of banks in general, mm-hmm. you know, and I know here in Kansas City, I know you go to the airport, you go to a lot of places, they don't, you can't, you can't even give them this. Can't give them cash anymore. anymore. They don't even accept it, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. as a, as a currency, it has to be something digital. So. There's two parts to that that question and answer, right? So, and it's and it's a dangerous thing to actually answer because overall, this is going to be general rule of thumb because every bank you could dissect it and say how much debt do they have, how many deposits that they have, you know. But general rule of thumb, credit unions are going to be safer than banks because they're owned by the members and they're not going to do anything outrageously crazy, mm-hmm. right? So, so because they have to answer to them. They're usually locally owned. They usually aren't so big unless you're like the Navy credit union, right? Where Mm -hmm. where you're not going to have international derivatives, let's say. So, so the ones that I would want to stay away from are your big boys that are, that are involved in the fed now app, like your, your JP Morgan chase, your cities, your bank of America's. Well, plus they're part of this globalist system of really attaching your ideology to whether you can even have a bank account, mm-hmm. right? JP Morgan Chase is cutting people off bank of America is so, but when you all of those banks, Wells Fargo city bank of America, Chase um, capital one. I mean, they've got tens of trillions of dollars of derivatives debt. Mm-hmm. We just talked in the preamble here, how, how probably within seven years, 
the global derivatives debt hits three quadrillion. Quadrillion. That's a lot of debt. I mean, that is seriously a lot of debt. But each Mm -hmm. one of those banks has just about as much debt as the entire United States since 1776 in our national debt. So stay away from those. Also stay away from general rule of thumb again, right? Um, Your little ones that are very poorly capitalized, that might only have one branch, right? They don't have enough capital to withstand a storm. And I used to say that regional banks are probably really strong, but all these regional banks are failing now and being gobbled up by the big ones. But I think regional banks in your neck of the woods in the Midwest are going to be way safer than the ones that we've already seen fail, which Mm -hmm. have a lot of West Coast type regional banks that have overpriced mortgages, tech companies leaving like crazy, right? Employer. And so, so it's going to be kind of geographically based, right? Mm -hmm. So, so credit unions, maybe smaller to regional banks in the Midwestern states would probably be pretty good, but here's where we have hope for the future. And that is many states now are looking towards state chartered banks, but it takes a state legislature to actually vote that into law, to legislate that action to get away from the FDIC system, to get away from the FedNow app, get away from these Federal Reserve chartered banks, right? When you mm-hmm. see the word federal bank, well, yep. it's Federal Reserve, right? That's mm-hmm. what it's referring to. So you want state chartered banks, which are going to be out of that system and ultimately be much safer in Texas and Alaska, for example, want their state chartered central bank to be backed by gold. That's really safe to me mm-hmm. moving forward. But we don't have that yet. So in the meantime, while we're looking to that solution down the road, just do smaller regional banks that don't have a lot of debt. And you can go to WeissRatings.com and just just type in the name of your bank and see. A couple of things you would want to look for. The hot money ratio needs to be low because that's just people chasing CD rates. That's not mm-hmm. safe. You want to make sure that they have adequate capitalization, not a lot of securities, not a lot of commercial mortgages, um, not a lot of basically loans in default as a percentage of their capital. Those are the things that I look for. So do your own homework on that, but go to WeissRatings.com and look and make sure that those few key things are actually in order. And that's probably the best that you can do right now. Is that W-E-I-S-S? Two Two S's. S's. Okay. And then uh, one other thing that um, I've heard you say before, is this a good idea as well, uh, is if you, when you are in a bank, try to keep, you know, as little amount of money in there as you can, like three months worth of bills. And then other than that, try to get out that cash. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would, I would do that. You don't see cash isn't the safe haven that it was even 10 months ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody just say, hey, Kirk, I, I, got, I listened to you and I got out of the stock market. I got out of the bond market. And I'm just sitting on the sideline and cash in the bank. Great. That was a good answer back then. But now with banks failing, it's not. Now with rising interest rates and the cost of, of debt, but, but you still don't have interest rates that are even keeping up with inflation. This is the problem, right? So we've got rising interest rates. That's good for people getting in interest rates on, on their investments, right? Their payments and income streams. But interest rates right now, you might get 4% if you're lucky at a mm-hmm. bank. Unofficially, inflation is hovering around 20%. So shoot, even though you're getting 4%, you're losing 16% a year in purchasing power. That's not good. 
right? right. So the, you, you want to minimize that guaranteed loss, right? To, because it's a guaranteed loss if you're mm -hmm. falling behind due to inflation. I mean, no other way to put it. And you don't know if your bank is going to be the next one that fails. Therefore, minimize your cash. Don't eliminate it because we still live in a cash world. You still have expenses. You still have to live every month. But three months expenses is about right. Because mm -hmm. um, if you have a job, you're continually replenishing that, though. So that's just your buffer. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. If you're jumping on and you missed the introduction, if you want a free consultation with Dr. Uh, Kirk or his team, you can actually just go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information, and they'll get back with you for a free consultation. Or you can call 720-605-3900 to get that free consultation with his team. Uh, knowledge, two things. Um, uh, Seth Holhouse is on from Yay! Man in America. If you've, woo, woo. you've never been to the show Man in America, it's the most professional show in it this is. space. He's kind of the bar that we use he's for man. Uh, thumbnails and production. And he's also a, a great friend, one of the best people you ever want to meet. So um, definitely check out his show, Man in America. Also, thank you uh, for his glory. You uh, liked and shared this episode. Ask as many of you to do that as possible in your Telegram groups and things like that. We really uh, appreciate that a lot. You know, please, you know, follow uh, this channel. That does mean a ton to us. So um, kind of combined some of these, you know, if I can into some quite a few questions are asking about the depository that, that people can have gold and silver on hand or go to a depository. They're asking questions like, is it is it safe? there in the depository um is there a a way that they have another person asked a question and some of you guys on your names it's hard on here because they're just letters it's not really like you know bob smith um and so i'll do the best i can on some of those but um they're asking is 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 it is there like a, a portal that they can look at their amounts and follow it and see it and track it themselves you know things like that if it's stored with you and where that is yeah. So if you have metals stored in your IRA, for example, at the depository through the IRA, you know, company's custodians portal. Yeah. You'll have online access every single day, right? Every single second of every single day. Dangerous thing to do. Watch your portfolio every single second of every single day. <laughs> it will drive you bananas, right? It just will. But now outside of your IRA, if it's stored, so the answer is yes and no. So the answer is ultimately yes, because the, the depository solution that we use, Texas Precious Metals Depository, which is the best depository mm -hmm. in the country, they're putting together our own portal for our clients. It's going to be very easy to read. It's going to be amazing. And we're probably about mm, three weeks to a month out from that being ready for everybody. Cool. So if you were to say it today, it's like the answer is no. A few weeks from now, a month from now. Absolutely, yes. And it's going to be amazing and simple to read, simple to understand, simple to see what you've got, simple to see what your value is. And that's why we're having them develop that yeah. specifically for our clients. That's cool. And we did a show with Tarek yeah. uh, recently. And, um, and Avery or Colton, can you guys put that show in the comments so people could uh, actually know how to find that? That was a really great interview. A really great, great guy. It's it's fascinating. You think the idea of like storing gold and silver, like what does it take to do that? Mm -hmm. Like if you wanted to start your own gold and silver storage depository, like what would you have to do? Well, watch this show. It's harder than you think. <laughs> <laughs> it's not easier else everyone would do it. No, no, and very secure. So that that was that made us feel really good after we interviewed him, knowing that. Um, okay, George Cook. What about buying land um, with 
natural resources with, I think that means says with natural resources. Maybe does that mean with gold and silver? It says, what about buying land with natural resources or natural resources on the land that you're buying? Maybe that's what he's asking. It could be either. I'll try to answer Mm -hmm. both of those questions. So so we can answer George's question, right? So having land with like oil royalties or something on it would be amazing. Having Mm -hmm. land with a pond or a river on it, um, you know, so you can have fish, right? Mm -hmm. You can have a water source. Now you're talking Seth Holhouse language. Yeah, exactly. So so, um, that would be great right now. Using precious metals to buy land, not so easy if you're fine. But unless you find a private owner said, yeah, I'll I'll trade you the land for for some gold or silver. Mm -hmm. That would be amazing. I'll do that. You know, so so. I, but I think you're talking about having trying to find land that's income producing somehow, cattle ranch, oil producing, gas producing, something that has a sustainability option to it would be very smart, right? Mm-hmm. I think buying real estate for growth right now is is kind of dumb, right? Because in a rising interest rate environment, not many people can afford to buy land for cash or a house mm-hmm. for cash, right? So the days of watching HGTV and all these flipping shows, those are over for a bit. Those are great when interest rates are coming down and you can put a little sweat equity into a house and sell it, you know, three weeks later for, you know, big, huge gain. Mm -hmm. That's pretty much over because people can't afford to finance their houses right now, especially in a time when banks are running out of liquidity, you know, we, we talked about this on, on an earlier show, but for all the new people that are watching from some of these, you know, um, networks and distribution channels that you are promoting to, you know, the Federal Reserve last week came out with a number, 722 banks that are on the verge of an absolute collapse. Why? Because their capital has been reduced by over 50% due to losses. They're all their available capital being diminished by 50%. Anybody else who would say that in their own personal finance would say, okay, we got to file for bankruptcy, babe. Mm-hmm. We're about, we're about done. Right. But this is the case with 722 banks. Look at the mayhem that was created when you had five banks fail. Five. Yeah, exactly. I mean, imagine 722 or imagine even further Martin Weiss at Weiss Rating saying there's 4,243 banks on the verge of failure. It's like, oof. So, so having something that you are going to hold on to for long term, real estate for a long term hold is going to be great. Just don't expect to sell it mm-hmm. anytime real soon because I don't think people are going to be able to afford it. That's good. Makes sense. Uh, George, thank you for sharing. It's a bit on Truth Social. We appreciate that. You guys putting out there and tagging us. Um, and again, you guys can go to flyovergold.com anytime. Go there, put in your information, set up a time to get a consultation with these guys. It is the most low pressure thing that you'll ever get. It's just, hey, here's your options. Boom, boom, boom. Then you figure out what, what you want to do. Um, okay, this one, the name is Bonefill. Feel? Uh, it says, um, can our business buy gold and silver as an asset? And then followed up and said, we are a C Corp. So can their business purchase gold and silver uh, to maybe lower cash or, you know, different options like that? Yeah, a business can, um, a trust can, a nonprofit can, an individual can, um, a charitable remainder trust can, a, uh, you know, a, let's see, unified gift to minors act <laughs> trust wow. can. So pretty much anything can 
Um, unless you're a resident of a foreign country that doesn't allow bank wires to come into America, like Russia, Ukraine, uh, a lot of Eastern European countries, like a lot of like Nigeria, places that are very high risk, high fraud countries, mm -hmm. there's no way to pay us, right? Mm -hmm. But other than that, now, if you're if you're foreign, even a foreign entity, like we can we can buy gold or silver for it. You just can't take delivery of it. You have to store it at the depository, and you have to have a U.S. bank account, right? So, so most trusts have have U.S. bank accounts. Most companies have U.S. bank accounts, obviously, right? So, so yes, the answer is we can we can accomplish all of that. Cool. Um, this is probably another quick question based on what you said uh, earlier, but is the Strata depository safe from confiscations? Again, we kind of go into that a little bit on that episode there with Tarek, but mm -hmm. um, I think what the referencing is, you know, back in the day, they, you know, the government got so tight, they came and took gold yeah. and silver, you know, so. Yeah. So clarification on that Strata is not a depository. Strata is an IRA custodian. That uses the Texas that was that, Precious uh, Metals Depository. Dan, Dan Peterson. Thank you, Dan, for the yeah, question. Yep, you, to store their metals, right? So two different entities. So the question is, can people get into the Texas Precious Metals Depository, the government, and confiscate metals? The answer is the government can do whatever the government wants to do whenever the government wants to do it, right? Mm -hmm. Unless there's opposition, <laughs> right? Right. So ultimately... That's the, the right answer is the government can always do whatever they want to do. Now, the reason why, and people ask me this all the time, what about force majeure? What if, what if they show up at the depository in Texas with tanks and armored carriers and say, we're, we're going to raid this thing? Well, then, then, you know, Tarek actually explains this on that show that mm -hmm. we did. It's like, they're going to make it as difficult as possible. There's going to have to be legal teams involved. It's not really just going to happen, right? And they'll lock it up. They'll just leave and say, try to get in, right? Mm -hmm. Try. It's the most secure facility in the country. So, so, but here's where I want to take that one step further. The government confiscated gold in the 1930s. Why did they do that, right? They did that because at the time we were broke, dead dog bankrupt. Well, we are now too. Mm -hmm. However, back then, gold backed our currency. You know, if you look at a, at a one ounce piece of gold that said 20 bucks on it, $20 face value, it was equivalent to a $20 bill. Well, after World War I, the U.S. was bankrupt and Roosevelt was issuing war bonds and said, hey, America, be good Americans, bail us out, you know, invest in these war bonds. Like, I don't want to invest in war bonds. I got gold <laughs> right? that's mm -hmm. backing our currency. But he said, fine, I'll force the issue. I'm going to confiscate gold so you have no choice, right? So so today, it was illegal for citizens to own gold, you know, basically until the 1970s, right? Then, so, but countries still could until Nixon closed that up. So now gold or silver are just things. They're just investments. So not tied to a currency. So you're not going to have that issue. Also, because they're just investments, only 2% of the population owns physical gold. Only 0.9% owns physical silver. So I'm not saying that I don't think the government's ever going to confiscate stuff. They do it through taxation all the time, mm -hmm. right? So, but through a bail-in legislation, which they put into effect during the Obama administration under the Dodd-Frank bill, right? They can, they can do bail-in legislation whenever they want. But I would be more concerned 
about your checking account, your savings account, your brokerage account, anything that's digital, that's low lying fruit. Cause all you have to do is press a button mm-hmm. and say, okay, Jane Doe, you have a hundred grand in your checking account tonight. Tomorrow you're going to have 90,000 cause we're doing a 10% bail in tax. Boom. Done. To confiscate gold or silver, well, A, it's a private asset. People don't know who owns it. They know what's in a depository, or they might Mm. think that you have it buried in your backyard, right? It's Mm. hard to find it is the point. It's hard to know who the owner is. So, And why would you focus, if you were a politician, David and Stacey, and you'd say, we really need money as a government. We've run out. Why would you focus on something that only 0.9% of the population owns? You wouldn't. You would right. focus on something that get, can get you 98% mm-hmm. of the population yeah. is people with checking accounts, savings accounts. It's really easy. Probably before that, too, they, they would cut, they'd cut funding for like gender studies in Pakistan and some of those kind right. of things. I'm sure there would be some scale backs before they get there. Yeah. And I, I did have a question for you, too. Uh, is this correct? It seems like um, that you or Tariq said that when that did happen, they still got the money for it. They just took the, the money, but it wasn't like you're out you're out it, you actually got something for it. Is that right? Yeah, they gave you some kind of a fair market value for mm-hmm. it, right? Um, I can't remember what, the, it was like $32 or $36 an ounce or something like that. So, so, but then when, when gold or silver started to really rise, it's like, yeah, that's, right. I mean, that, this is unfortunate. We got mm-hmm. gypped, right? And so, so th- they will give people something for it. It's not just going to be outright theft, but it's, you're probably not going to view it as fair, especially when you know that gold and silver going through the roof, right? But but here again, I don't think that we are going to get to that point because mm-hmm. it's a private asset. I would be way more concerned about my bank accounts, which is why we got out of our Chase Bank and and mm-hmm. have a a private level concierge bank that's much safer in Colorado. I want my assets as safe as can be. To me, a tangible asset, whether you're storing it at the safest depository in the country or taking delivery of it at home is much safer than any digital asset could ever be. That makes sense. All right. Again, you guys go to flyovergold.com and enter your information for a free consultation that are specific to your needs and situations. Again, thank you for liking and, and sharing and thank our, you, Dr. our Rumble channel. <laughs> for being on here. Yes. It's, it's not often you get the guy with two PhDs. Two PhDs. Sit and answer Wednesday night. your questions Pretty on a Wednesday amazing. night. Um, <laughs> this guy's all in to help. Yes. Um, okay. I'm going to kind of merge a couple of them. One comes from Patriot Political Research. Um, that sounds pretty That's good. That's a good one. It sounds, I'm nervous now. Um, it says, <laughs> and then someone asked earlier, they've just simply said, and I can't find the name, but it said, um, why is gold and silver tanking is the actual question. And then this person has said, is silver being artificially suppressed in the current market? So kind of maybe two, two versions of the same question, basically why are the prices like they are? Okay. There's always knee jerk reactions to news stories. Right. So because most of the people listen to Jim Cramer on CNBC or somebody and they listen to these 10 second sound bites, it's like, oh, man, I got to buy Apple stock. I don't know why, but I got to buy it. You know, and and so you'll AMC theaters. um, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You'll hear a news story that, hey, look, we didn't have to raise rates this time. Um, we've, We've won the war against inflation. It's like, Okay, lie. No, you haven't. Do a little bit of research. But people will respond to that. And that causes a knee-jerk reaction for gold or silver to go down because they're 
put their basically political barometer type metals. You know, there it's a flight mm-hmm. for safety. But bottom line, gold and silver do very, 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 very well during times of inflation, which is what we've got. Sometimes you've got big hedge funds that or or whatever that say we've we've owned silver since $17 an ounce. It's now 24. We're going to sell and lock in these profits because we need to because we're losing our shirt on every other investment Mm. that we have Mm. that puts selling pressure on it. So this is why nothing goes straight up, even though fundamentally it should. Right. But you're going to have two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, one step back because of reasons that we don't understand Mm -hmm. or know. But always look at the trend. Right. So the best way to measure a trend is by looking at the low from year to year to year. Don't look at the highs because you can get speculative blow offs. Right. Look at the low. Right. So in 2020, silver, you know, March of 2020, silver was 1191 Um, last year in like, uh, you know, August, September of of. Well, it's, it's like eight months ago, right? Silver was seventeen ninety seven. Today, it's like twenty three ish, twenty four ish, right? Mm-hmm. That's a big trend. That's literally up over a hundred percent over that three and a half year span. That's amazing. So, so overall, look at that. Look at the fundamental reasons causing it. Know that on any given day, it can go up or down. I don't care because mm-hmm. the fundamentals that are causing it are growing and they're getting stronger, right? So now, part B. Is silver being manipulated? Yes, it is. Has been for decades, right? Because you've got, for example, J.P. Morgan Chase that has the is basically the physical custodian of the physical silver that backs the silver ETF that BlackRock owns, right? So, mm-hmm. so technically, BlackRock gives them an order. It's like, hey, we sold fifty thousand shares of of this ETF today. You, we've got to cover that with ounces. So, if you're a business person which you two are, right? Mm-hmm. Do you want to buy your cost of goods at a low price or a high price? Low. At a low price. A low yeah. price. So they issue naked short contracts, which is illegal for people to do, but it's somehow not illegal for them to do, which basically mm-hmm. means they're selling something that they don't even own. That drives the price down. And then what happens? They gobble it up. They gobble up physical silver at the lower price. That creates demand and the price goes up. And then they say, oh, it got too high. Let's issue more short contracts. The price goes down. They buy more silver. The price goes up, right? So this game has been going on year after year after year. But yet we're still seeing silver go from 1191 to 24 in three and a half years with manipulation. Imagine what it's going to be without it because their game is going to end, right? Because how do I know it's going to end? Because physical demand for silver is through the roof. Manufacturing demand is through the roof. Inventories at the COMEX depository are drying up. Andy Shackman, a big researcher in this, mm-hmm. this space, um, said, we're, we're really about five months away from running out of silver for manufacturing purposes at the COMEX. It's like, oh, my word. When it runs out, prices are going to go through the mm-hmm. roof. Now, the people that own it, when manufacturers and ETFs are going to need the physical silver for delivery are going to do really, really well. That makes sense. Um, um, MA, MAC444 says, I've worked with Dr. Kirk Elliott. It was great. Uh, we'll be doing business with him again. Ah, that's Whatever. awesome. Compliment Yay. for the guy. Um, someone asked, Stacy looks great. She lost weight. Oh, man. Whoop, whoop. 
Thank you. I love you. That's awesome. Appreciate you asking. Might as well. This is a follow-up question on uh, the person earlier about the the corporations. It said um, about the C-Corp. She followed up and said, is uh, is the company able to possess gold and silver physically or just a depository if you're a company? Can you do it either way? You can take it. You can take it either way, unless you have some kind of weird bylaws in your corporate, you know, bylaws and articles of organization that that preclude you from doing that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, normally it's like you can own whatever you want as a corporation. You can own real estate. You can own gold, silver. You can own commodities. You can own stocks, bonds. You can own inventory. You can own whatever you want as a company, as long as your bylaws and articles of organization say that you can. Um, Very cool. This is you know specific to gold and silver, but this is a, a great question. I wish you got like the the Dave Ramsey questions. You know, people call into Dave Ramsey. They're like, uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm about to inherit thirty thousand dollars from my uncle, and uh, you know, um, thinking about I'm thinking about buying a jet ski. And he's like, well, let me ask you, do you have any uh, you have any debt? No, not really. Do you have a mortgage? Oh yeah, we have this. Do you have a car loan? Yeah, I got do you have any credit card debt? Well, about fifteen thousand on one. Do you have any student loans? Oh, about sixty thousand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Well, I'll tell you what I do here, partner. Uh, what you should do is uh, don't buy the jet ski. Don't buy the jet ski right now." <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm like, I, "I can do Dave Ramsey's show. It's not that hard. All of his questions are super easy. Don't buy jet skis. Pay off your debt." The guy's a millionaire, great number one show in the world. I'm like, these are all easiest questions ever. Um, this person said, "Should I pay off? I have a two hundred thousand dollar mortgage." Um, um, says Dean, um, I have a $200,000 mortgage. I have 25 years left and a 30 year fixed rate at 3.75%. Um, I don't think anybody's going to get a three, 3% mortgage, uh, for quite some time in the future. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what do you think on that? This is what I would do. I would not pay that off mm-hmm. because now take that back. I would pay it off if the investment that you would basically use that money for is not growing faster than 3.75%. So if your only option were cash, it was like 1%. Why would you invest in that? Your debt is costing you more than what your investment is gaining. But silver over the last, you know, seven months is up over 40%. It's like, oof, if you use that money to pay down that mortgage, look what you missed out on. Right. So that's opportunity cost. Opportunity cost is the cost of your your best foregone alternative. So you always have to look at what are you going to what would you use the money for instead? Mm -hmm. If your answer is, well, I could either pay off my mortgage or I could buy a jet ski. (laughs) Then pay off your mortgage. If you're going to use that money to invest in silver that's growing faster than the debt service on your mortgage, then don't pay it off because you're foolish to do so. Invest it because then you can pay it off later with with basically like free money. That's cool. That's that's really good. Um, that's why he's got the two PhDs. Yes. No, David had the same answer as me. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that one, I didn't know about the mortgage and the race. That's a common but, sense PhD. You got kicked out of community college not once, but twice. <laughs> No, he's got great common sense. I, I have a better life story than you. Uh, <laughs> yes, yours is you. like super boring. Well, I got out of school and I worked but really hard and got two PhDs. We've had the same answer. Yeah. This is I, not know. I know. I <laughs> know. <laughs> that's something that's known him for a long time. Yes. Uh, yes. Almost. Well, what is it? A quarter of a century? A quarter of yeah, a century. Like 26 wow. years or something we've known a each other. A long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. 
Um, okay, a couple of questions um, about, about again, depositories. Someone said, I have money in Delaware. I have silver in Delaware. Can I transfer it to Texas? Another person says, hey, uh, it's being transferred from Delaware to Texas. Must be a current client of yours. Why is it mm-hmm. taking so long? It's taking so long because we have a lot of silver there. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a lot, right? So do, do they so, load this up on a giant trailer that says this is full of silver and they drive <laughs> it from Delaware this, to Texas? Yeah, this is with, with a guy with a gun job. sitting on top. It's not the Italian job or Ocean's Eleven, right? No. So, but it takes time. And Delaware gives us the clients and the manifest that's going to go on each truck, right? So it's out of our control. So as they logistically get to each one of those trucks to fill them up, the, the process would be we let that client know. It's like, hey, you're on this truck. It should be in Texas in three to four days. Outside of that, we can't rush it. We can't tell them, oh, put this one on. It's like, no, that they give us the order. So it's out of our mm-hmm. control and it's not going to happen overnight. It'll, it'll take quite some time because we have a lot of trucks moving, mm-hmm. like tons of trucks moving, sense. right? So when you get put on the manifest, we will let you know. But the answer is... Because we just have a lot of silver there and it's going to take time to move. But now it's equally as safe there, right? But once you sign, this is where I would encourage everybody who's watching who might be a client who's saying, oh, when when is mine going to move? If you sign the document that says, yep, I want to move mine to Texas, it freezes the the actually amount that you have to pay the storage fee. So you don't have Mm. to pay anymore. So get that thing signed. It'll get you in the in the queue to get on a truck, and you're not paying for storage during that time. So get those those that paperwork. Makes, that's signed. nice. And yeah, it's it's really nice. Wow. Okay, so if you're just I have an amazing on- team that's negotiated all of that for our clients. It's like that wow. wasn't my doing. That was my team. They're incredible. You do that's have a, a great team. Yeah. It's also why you're not in government. They wouldn't have been able to pull off a deal like that. No. They've done it the other way around it's or true. something. It's Except true. for Donald Trump. Yep. Talk about amazing yeah. team. If you're jumping on and you want a free consultation, you can go to flyovergold.com, fill out your information, and someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you. There's great information on that page as well. Or you can also call 720-605-3900 to set up a free consultation. What else you got there, Mr. White? Um, kind of alluded to it earlier, but someone called All Girls uh, said um, they bought gold and uh, bought silver at somewhere else, but said they have it on hand. Is that okay? Is okay just to keep it keep it around the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean every client right next to right next to your ammo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean I would make sure it's in a safe location at yeah. your house, right? Yeah. Um, but everybody's different. I've got some clients say, Kirk, you have no idea the neighborhood that I live in. I I, I have a bad back. I can't lug this stuff around. I'm afraid it's going to be stolen. I need to have it stored. Great. I've got some clients that say, over my dead body, I don't trust anybody keeping my stuff. I'm going to keep it on me. I don't care what you say, Kirk. Great. Mm -hmm. Whatever is good for them, we can actually give them the peace of mind knowing that we have an option for either way. For me personally, I store mine. I'm too busy to deal with having to, to box it up and ship it off when it's time to lock in profits and get it back to the depository. I, 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 that's not me, but that's a lot of my clients, right? So mm-hmm. there's not a wrong answer to that one. The wrong, well, I take that back. There is a wrong answer. 
don't leave it out on the counter in the kitchen. Right? <laughs> Hide it. If right, you're saying, have take it me, home. take me. And, <laughs> and don't tell anybody that you have it right. at home. That's you know, smart. secrecy, privacy is really good when it comes to that because you don't want to have it to be an attractive nuisance or, or put yourself at any kind of risk because you're you're out there showing all your neighbors, look what I got here. This is right. You should call Dr. Kirk and he'll get you some of the same. And I've got it stored somewhere in my house. It's like, don't, don't do, do that. that. Have it yeah. uh, in a in yeah. a in a glass uh, cookie jar, clear. You know, it says silver on the side. Or something. Um. Oh, I just had that. Okay, it said. Uh, this is Brian. He said, uh, "Thanks for asking you guys questions too. Just keep putting them down there. I'm gonna do my best to read them." I really do need glasses. It's kind of, we've, I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm grandpa. Now I need to get my glasses and, and, and let the ego go out the window. I'm better, <laughs> better than looking like this all the time. But, um, um, it says, what is a fair dealer markup on physical silver and gold? Every dealer is different. Every dealer has different strategies. Our strategy is minimize cost, maximize ounces, right? This is why we only do bullion. We'll do 100-ounce bars of silver, 10-ounce bars of silver, one-ounce rounds um, on silver. That's it. In all the universe of all the silver available, it's those few things. And on gold, one-ounce gold bars are kilo bars, right? So our fees are 8% when you purchase, 0% when you liquidate. The liquidation side is huge, right? Mm -hmm. So, So... Here's what, what that number equates to with, with silver being about mm, 24, 25 bucks an ounce. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't spend more than, depending on the size of the bar, 27 to $29 an ounce and with silver being in that $24 range. See, that's ours. So if you're put that into comparison, if you're spending more than 30 bucks an ounce for silver, it's too much. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know what's fair. What's fair is, do you like the transaction that you did? And are you comfortable with the price that you're paying? What I'm telling you is what our charges are, 0% when you liquidate, 8% when you purchase. With silver at around 24 bucks, you shouldn't spend over $30 an ounce. That would be Mm -hmm. too much. So if you paid more than that, ask yourself, was it worth it? Right? I mean, so, so there's not really a good way to answer that. Um, but I don't, I don't like collectibles. I don't like semi numismatics. I don't like things with stories because historically I've been doing this for 29 years, never recover from it. Mm. And so I like maximize ounces, minimize cost with silver at 24, where it is time of this recording. If you're more than 29 bucks an ounce, you've overpaid in my opinion. And it is significant that you don't have that on the tail end because that's where all the money is made. You know, you're, you're going to make a lot more money when you go to sell than you did when you bought, you know? And so, man, you don't have any commission to pay on the tail end. Well, yeah. And there's some firms that, that really like collectible stuff mm-hmm. and there's clients that like collectible stuff. So I'm not saying that those companies are wrong. I'm saying, know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. If you're a collector and you want to pay $5,000 an ounce for silver, $70,000 an ounce for gold, so be it. But that's not an investment. That's a collectible, right? Mm-hmm. And and don't mix up the two, right? Because and then you got to find somebody to buy it, right? Because that that's another problem too. You have to too. make the market for it. Mm-hmm. You have to go to like a an auction and say, raise a little paddle. It's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll pay seventy thousand dollars an ounce for that gold. It's like, ugh, it might not be liquid, 
right? Liquidity is one of the keys to wealth, which is why we use bullion as our as our investment of choice. Because when you want to liquidate, it's a 45 second phone call. We lock in the price. Why? Because it's a manufacturing metal. It's used all over the world and we get rid of it right away. And it's very low premium. And you simply don't have to worry about going to the firm. It's like, hey, I, I paid a hundred dollars an ounce for this silver. I, I want to sell it back to you. It's like, well, we, I don't know what price we're going to be able to give you. Let's give us some time because what do they have to do? They have a boiler room full of people calling all their clients to say, Hey, if I got a deal for you today, we've got this excess inventory. If you buy it right now, we'll give you 5% off, but it's probably not going to be here in three days. You better do it now. Mm-hmm. We've all heard those kind of weird stories. And, yep. and you know what? That's, that's what happens when you buy something that they have to make a market for. Imagine what will happen if that company goes out of business. So on our interview with Tarek, you know, when mm-hmm. we were talking to the person who owns the depository, you know what he pays for stuff like that and what depositories will pay for stuff like that? Spot plus about four bucks because they're going to melt it down into a bar. They don't want it. Right. Nobody yeah. really wants it except the person that the company that's marketing those things mm-hmm. to their clients as a collectible. Depositories have no use for that. They're not market makers. They just facilitate transactions for a global commodity, which is why there's safety in bullion because you're not overpaying for it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're just yep. buying just buying the silver. All right. Um, and again, thanks for your guys' questions on here. Ron asked is there a minimum or maximum amount of silver to buy when you're first getting started? Yeah. The maximum would be don't buy more than what you can afford. Mm-hmm. Or the maximum might be if you're a quadzillionaire, it's like, I just bought all the silver in the world. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a maximum. Um, minimum, I Mr. would Musk. say. Yeah. I mean, technically, I, I don't have a minimum. But logistically, there is. Right? Because... You don't, you're taking delivery of this stuff. Don't buy, don't buy one silver coin. I mean, really the depository charges free ship. They don't charge shipping. Ours doesn't, right? Mm-hmm. So, but they lose money on anything less than $500. Really, they, they do because they have workers and they have very low margin. So I tell my clients, it's like, even though I technically don't have one, really I do. And it's $500 because I don't want the depository to lose money on small transactions because it does, they have labor, they have to box it up, they're paying for the shipping, all of that, right? So mm-hmm. so I would say on silver, nothing less than 500 And on gold, well, one ounce of gold is 2000 bucks, right? So you're not going to cut it in half with a hacksaw. So I would say a right. couple thousand on gold and really to be fair and honorable to the depository, which is doing an amazing thing mm-hmm. by not charging for shipping. Don't do any less than $500. If you don't have $500, then save up until you do, Makes right? Sense. Save, you know, save up $50 a week or whatever you can afford until you can get to that point and do it in $500 chunks because it's not hard to get into silver. But the key to wealth is consistently adding ounces to your position and just watch what starts to happen. Mm-hmm. Compounds. All right. Beachy Gal said, um, so if if the sellers are taking fiat cash for to sell you gold and silver, uh, what are they doing with it if the fiat currency is going down and is worthless? Mm. Well, they're question. getting a lot more of it. 
right? So as currencies collapse, it takes more of that worthless currency to buy valuable goods and services. So, so that's inflation, right? So today gold is $2,000 an ounce, let's say, but the fiat currency continues to diminish and we've got inflation. And so a year from now, maybe you get 4,000 of that worthless currency. You've still, so what you've done is you've, you've meant you've basically insured yourself against a collapsing currency by owning a tangible asset because you just got double the amount back right when mm. you sold it now if you were to just kept that fiat currency well you had the two thousand dollars that you could have bought in gold well now it's worth half it's like well, man now it's now only worth a thousand dollars right mm -hmm. but that doubled the the cost of this gold the value of it got you twice as much so this is where don't look at gold or silver necessarily as an investment, even though it is. Look at it as an insurance policy against a collapsing dollar. You will get whatever the legal tender of the land is when you sell it. You're gonna, it's gonna be the same if you have a stock, a bond, a mutual fund, a house, or you're you know receiving money for groceries if you're a store owner. You can only transact business in whatever the legal tender of the currency is across the board. And when you own gold and silver, you're just going to get a lot more of it because it's a very good inflationary hedge. It's your insurance policy. Very good. Um, can you address a little bit? We've got this video going around from last week's uh, MMA fight with uh, the CBDC uh, smashing uh, the U.S. dollar guy. I don't know if you've seen that or not. It's kind of funny. Uh, but but everybody is pretty focused and concerned. A lot of stuff about CBDCs. How and does Brits. have what and and, and 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 the BRICS nations mm -hmm. with that? How does having gold and silver for, protect you from that? Because it doesn't stop it. So what what benefit is there to the individual for having gold and silver versus dollars as the yeah. world's moving towards? I'll try to be short because my amazing team yelled at me before I got on here. So, Kirk, you better not have long answers. It's like, okay. <laughs> This is one of those long answer ones. Man, right? you're, you're the owner of the company. You have two PhDs. This seems we're like just a big, we're just a big extended family here. And they, yep. they tell me what I should do sometimes. So, so CBDCs are a digital currency that they know everything about you. And, and in their own words, it's programmable money which means they can reprogram who the owner is. They can reprogram the time value. Like it expires on December 31st, use it or lose it to stimulate the economy. After that, it's worthless. Um, they can cut you off from buying or selling if they don't like your ideology. We've seen this over and over and over again from Nigel Farage to Dr. Mercola to them bragging about this is what it's all about. The United Nations, the World Economic Forum, the Bank for International Settlements, have all said the same thing. The Federal Reserve says it's the new definition of money. They added a new definition is social control. Mm. Ideology will divorce you from your money in time. And we're already seeing that. This isn't a future. This is now, right? Yeah. So what are they going to do? Anything that's a digital asset, easy to identify. But they are going to basically tokenize or Put together anything that's not private. Real estate, even if you own it, you don't really own it in America because mm -hmm. you still have to pay property taxes. Try not paying them. They'll take away your house, right? So anything that has a title, uh, property tax, any kind of knowing, they will compartmentalize into this packet that becomes, that's no longer immutable. They can change the ownership of it. 
Gold or silver is a private transaction. You take delivery of it. It's not part of the system. To me, it's the ultimate get out of the system kind of a currency you can use for barter if you need to. You can take delivery of it. And but it's it's not a digital asset that's easy to get to. So that will protect you in part, in a large part, right, from this this system that's coming. Now, if you need it for barter, we've got a really bad situation on our hands because society has completely collapsed. And I hope and pray that we never get to that point. But if we don't, you just have silver as a, an amazing investment that's growing. If we do get to that point, you have something you can barter with, which is amazing, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the other option outside of that is to petition your state legislators because they will answer the phone generally if you call them or they'll call you back. U.S. congressmen and women or senators, they're not going to. They could care less, right? Mm -hmm. Plus, they have a lot more constituents. Your state legislators, they will call you back and petition them and say, we want a state chartered bank that's outside of federal control like they're doing in Texas and Alaska. Make it happen or I'm not going to vote for you next time, right? Yeah. So, so hold their feet to the fire so we can have sound, accountable, transparent currency again in this country like the founding fathers wanted and envisioned, not some kind of banking cartel that's run by people who aren't even elected officials just somebody that has a job at the Bank for International Settlements or at the UN or at the World Economic Forum that's basically, you know what, when you think about that, a few hundred people around the world are dictating what our future is going to look like for the billions of people, right? It's mm -hmm. like, oh my word, this is so weird. But yeah, those are the two things you can do to, to try to outsmart them at their own game, own physical assets like silver that's used for barter and petition your state legislators mm -hmm. to actually charter a state chartered bank in your state. I love it. Something I've heard you say before, because obviously a concern with the CBDCs is could it be the mark of the beast that we read about in Revelation? And you've talked about before that when you read that, there that's not the only option to get the mark. Can you touch on that? Because I think that is really important. When we had you in studio, you were talking about that. And I think that was really important. Well, see, God is a God of choice, right? He gives us a choice to, you know, I'm talking about my Christian faith, mm -hmm. and but all faiths have some kind of a similar concept a lot of times. So it's, but for mine, we have the choice to accept Jesus or not. There's benefits of accepting him, consequences for not. We have the choice to sin or not sin, right? Mm -hmm. Benefits or consequences. So God is a God of choice. He didn't create robots. So when we talk about the mark of the beast, where it says it's going to force all, all men, women, and child to take this, this mark, you know, or else you can't buy or sell. Mm -hmm. What's inherent in that? It's a choice to take it or to not, right? So, so when you have that system, what, what God would be telling us is don't take it. Right. Right. So what if the government says you can't buy or sell without this mark? There's going to be alternative systems that come up because God always has a choice for his people. I believe if there were no choice, then God wouldn't have put it in there. Mm -hmm. Right? Because why? Why even mm -hmm. why even warn his his kids? Right. That, to not do it. Right? To, yeah. yeah. So there's going to be an option. Now I'm I'm that's not going to be easy. Ooh, we're, 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 we're still we're here. still here. Uh 
But our our have... studio lights go off every night at this time, so uh, that's just it, it'll it'll be on one second. Go ahead and keep going. Yeah, it it freaked me out for a second because I thought you got raptured. It's like, oh no! Yeah. <laughs> Her for sure, man. I'm like, what did I do? We're talking about the mark of the beast, and now you're gone. So, so or we're now part of the witness protection yeah, program it, or something. Government government raid, FBI coming in. If they do, uh, here, uh, put really, this, put, I'm, I'm such an idiot that Stacey, I Stacey, swallow this. Like Hurry. We're going to take something to joint with us. Right. Yeah. So, so God gives us choice because he didn't create robots, right? We have this freedom of choice. They're not going to make it easy to reject it. If you want Social Security, you better take this, right? If you want your government expenditures, you better take it. If you want any kind of debit or credit from us, once we force you to spend all your money because we have a time element to it, well, then you better take the system. But there's going to be alternative systems, barter, state chartered banks that are going to be there. Mm -hmm. I full on believe it because God is a God of love. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's never going to give us more than what we can withstand, right? With his power, we can do anything without yes. him we can't do squat nope. right so so that's pure humility is is when people say i can do anything with god well, don't be so proud it's like i can right because he's god yeah right but without him i can't do anything that's the ultimate humility and i know that we will be able to withstand this storm with him because he is going to give us the courage the boldness the creativity the wisdom discernment to get through it and that's why i say he is going to give us a choice of something. Not saying it's going to be an easy choice. It's harder to believe than than not to sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But but yet the benefits are Ooh. so amazing with him. And this is where I'm excited about the future because in our weakness, he's made strong. And I would rather have the king of the universe, the creator of everything, strength and my weakness because that puts me in a much better place. Yep. So true. Rolling on here, live TV. Um, Mm -hmm. Also, we've got about one or two more questions, then we're going to have to to let you go. If you're just joining us, you go to flyovergold.com for a free consultation. You can just put your information in there. Someone from Dr. Kirk's team will get a hold of you, or you can call 720-605-3900 to set up that consultation. And thank you to all of you that have... uh, uh, followed the channel and, yeah. and given us a, a follow in there. Thanks, guys. I, I can't guarantee it, but there's a good chance that when you do that, all your hopes and dreams will come true. <laughs> <laughs> it may or may not. I don't yeah. know. I can't promise that. Don't hold me. I'm not liable. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm going to combine a couple of them. Again, uh, got got uh, patriot politics here. Um, with the progression of, of inflation and other financial policies, how does Dr. Kirk Elliott see Silver's growth path? And a couple of other people said, well, kind of what do you see as a, as a as a ceiling or kind of a projected, I don't know if you want to paint yourself in a corner with this, but what, as, a, as a future for Silver? So I'll, I'll answer that because I answer it every single day. Um, and I'm basing it on historical patterns, right? Because this mm-hmm. is what it's done before. In 2011, Silver went from like $12 an ounce to $48 an ounce because of the same fundamental forces we're seeing now. That's a four times increase. So we're starting at 25. So I think we're going to hit 75 to 100 Mm -hmm. in the next 12 to 18 months. I don't think this is a lifetime, right? 
I'm very comfortable with that because of the supply chain disruptions, the low inventory, the high demand, the BRICS nations meeting August 22nd to back their currency with gold. There's a lot of fundamental forces causing that growth. Now, you listen to other economists in our sphere who are very smart people that have algorithms that make sense to them. I just want to be more conservative. Like Bo Polney, great friend of ours, Bix, Mm -hmm. weird thing. Okay, $400 to $2,000 an ounce. It's like... Mm -hmm. So here I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I pray that I'm wrong. <laughs> exactly. If Bo is because right. that would be amazing, right? <laughs> we're all, we're all cheering on Bo, man. Yeah. Go, go, go. A, I'd be happy with a tripling to quadrupling. I really would. But that's where the historical pattern tells us it's going to go. Now, why Bo and Bixweer and some of these others might be 100% dead on right is because what we're seeing now, we've never seen before. It is mm-hmm. way worse than anything that we've ever experienced in history. Way worse. We have, we've never had, you know, pushing in the next seven years, three quadrillion dollars worth of derivatives debt. I mean, this is, this is insanity. We've never seen the U.S. Treasury be downgraded. We've, and, and, you know, everybody who's almost everybody who's alive today has only known America as the world's reserve currency because it's been that since 1944. You know, so it's 1923. So those people are 80 something years old, right? That pretty much everybody, almost everybody alive has only known us as the world's reserve currency. Right. That's going away. It's truly going away. So things are about to change and we just need to be ready for that. So what do Jolene, my wife and I, my family and my employees, what do we all do? We're investing into tangible assets like silver because- I'm not a betting man. I don't gamble. It's stupid to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But here's, if I were, I would say I want the odds to be in my favor. When you've got declining wages, inflationary pressures, political chaos, geopolitical conflict, losing the petrodollar status, mm-hmm. right? Banks failing, um, all the mayhem that we're seeing, it's like pretty good chance gold and silver going way higher and other things are coming down. That's where I would put my money. Very good. Advice. Again, uh, go to flavorgold.com and, and uh, videos, PDFs, things you can download, but enter your information to have a private consultation with, with someone on Kirk's team. Um, um, Lynn Pat said, um, I was told that you have to buy something within 30 days after you sell your numismatic gold or silver, or you'll have to claim it. What? How does that work? Um, I don't think claim it as, as, as capital gains when you sell it. I don't. Uh, maybe you understand that question, but I'll read it again. Um, I was told that you have to buy something within 30 days after you sell your numismatic gold or silver, or you will have to claim it. There's probably that two questions there. Me, that sounds to me like somebody's trying to get you to buy something, right? Mm. It's like, because try try not claiming something on your taxes and see what yeah. happens. Right? I mean, like a good idea. If, unless if your name's, last name is Hunter Biden, has Hunter, capital gains, you have to pay your capital gains taxes unless it's a 1035 type exchange, right? You're exchanging uh, a similar income producing property for another one, right? So, but but here's where what what they're angling at is, oh, you're going to sell something uh, like a semi-numismatic and go into something else. You have 30 days to claim it. I think that's what what somebody is telling somebody. I would say that's wrong. For one, because 
you ha- we live in a country where we still have an IRS. We still have taxes to pay. You don't pay your taxes, you're toast in an audit, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. seriously. So, so never try to avoid those kind of things. You just have to do it. It's like, I don't like paying them, but we do, mm-hmm. right? We, we have to. Now, let's say another prayer. Pray that the IRS gets abolished <laughs> under the next yeah. presidency, right? And we go to a national <laughs> fair tax, right? That would be really that cool. That would be amazing. But you no, know, that would be amazing. But until then, we've got capital gains. We've got income taxes. We've got this stuff. Don't try to avoid it because, A, it's just not right. It's not moral. It's, it's not ethical. Even Jesus said, pay Caesar what's due mm-hmm. Caesar, right? Yep. Don't pay any extra. I know I'm going to get rotten tomatoes thrown at mm-hmm. me, but I'm but I'm trying to tell you what the law is and you can't avoid it. And he got it out of a fish's mouth. How can I do that? That'd yeah. be incredible. Give me a coin out of fish mouth, pay the taxes. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Cool miracle. All right. Uh, Logical son says, um, if, um, if I've taken all my savings investments out of the banks and investment firms and purchased gold and silver, how will I know when to reinvert, reinvest precious metals back uh, into cash or stocks or bonds? Well, if you're doing business with our firm, because I will tell you. <laughs> and I'll suggest That's a nice we thing. Have videos. We have weekly videos, you know, economic updates to all of our clients. I let you know what I see politically, economically, socially, spiritually, what you should be careful of, what you should be joyful about, when to get out of Dodge, when to reallocate, when to do whatever. That's our goal is to do this journey with you. Now, if you've done it through another company, I can't answer for them. You're, they're probably going to make a commission when you buy, a commission when you sell, and forget about you in between. You're on your own, right? But but that's not how we operate. To me, here's when we're people over profit as a company, the transactions to me are like the necessary evil in a weird sort of way. You have to buy to get into a trend. You sell to get out of one. They're necessary. But life happens in between those bookends. This is where we, the relationship is more important to us than those transactions. Because if you're not at ease, if you don't have peace of mind, it's going to affect your sleep, your health, your relationships, all kinds of stuff. And we take a much more holistic approach to the investment relationship between you and us, because we really want to partner with you and melt away that financial anxiety. Like anything in life, if you don't have a relationship you're not going to trust. I don't care if it's a marriage, like between Joe and I, or you're, you and mm-hmm. David and Stacy, right? If there's no communication, there's going to be no trust. The same holds true for a business relationship. It holds true for an investment relationship. It holds true for politicians. If they're not communicating with the voters, you're not going to trust them, right? Mm-hmm. So, so communication is key, which is why we focus on that in between those transactions. That's phenomenal. Um, I, this is basically for me. Um, can you explain, because this took me a few times hearing it from you. Then when I got it, it was like, it cooked my brain. The The gap between gold and silver and why silver now and why it might be gold later, you know, about that ratio, yeah. you know, because gold's like 2000 an ounce, silver's like 25. So, so what that gap is now, what it's been historically, what it should be, what it should be yeah. mm-hmm. and why silver and then the, the flip into. I mean, I could care less which one we, we go into. 
Uh, mm-hmm. What tells me which one we go into is the ratio between the two. Historically, it's 20 to one, meaning if you multiply the price of silver times 20, it should equal the price of gold. Well, it doesn't. Silver's like at 25, multiply it times 20. Well, gold's more than 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. So right now the ratio is like 83 to one, which that tells us one of two things, either gold is overvalued or silver is undervalued. Well, how do we know? What causes gold or silver to go up? Unsustainable debt, inflationary pressures, political chaos, geopolitical conflict. We've got all of them. So gold is not overvalued. It's going to continue to grow, which means silver has some catch up to do. So here's when silver outperforms like it's done since Biden occupied the White House. And even over the last year, silver's almost doubled the rate of growth of gold. So it's catching up. So that ratio in time comes down to 80 to 1 to 70 to 1 to 60 to 40, right? When we get to 40 to 1, as silver outperforms, we'll sell a portion of our silver. And in, in, in this example, it it's come in half, which means if we sell it and we go into gold, I get you two times as many ounces of gold then as what I could have purchased for you today. Then it comes down again, 40 to 1, 30 to 1, 20 to 1. Ooh, at 20 to 1, we've halved again which means we double up our ounces of gold yet again. Now, at that point, we're 100% into gold, right? Because we've gotten out of our silver, and now the ratio goes in the other direction, and we can compound your ounces going in the other way. So well, It's I also why it's good you don't, you don't charge a commission when you sell it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So question so for you. Part, even with an 8% cost of ownership, let's say we were able to double your ounces of gold for basically free, Right. So minus 8%, so you were up 92%. You're not going to care, right? For that mm-hmm. service and for getting that, you got 92% ounces of, of gold for free. Amazing, right? And when I say free, it's it's not really free. You're paying for it with the silver. But when you we leverage silver to get to that point and silver outperformed, and if you could have started today with 100 ounces of gold and I get you 200 ounces of gold, where'd that other 100 come from? It's like, it's almost like it's free, right? Mm -hmm. But it's not. We just leverage silver, the outperforming asset to get you to that point. I've been utilizing this strategy for decades, right? Because in 2002, when I started, right? In the, before that I was stockbroker kind of a guy, but I was in gold. Then in about 2007, we moved into silver until 2011. At 2011, you know, after that big year of massive mm-hmm. growth, we got our silver, went into gold again until the ele- the Trump-Biden election. Then we got went into silver and we haven't gotten out since. Right. So there's a time and a place for everything. So so you're saying if, say, silver's at $25, this is theoretically, say, say it went to 100 because easy math. It means it quadrupled. Mm-hmm. Gold probably won't quadruple in that same price. I was going to ask you that. Does, does gold kind of just kind of stay where it is a lot of times? Like if, silver silver, if silver went to a hundred, would gold be at at eight thousand? Well, we we or don't probably know. I mean, the the historical ratio would tell us kind of where it is. Where are we at? Forty to one, twenty to one, what? But generally speaking, gold's going to clip away at like twenty twenty five percent a year, right? It's going to be more of a steady eddy where silver percentage-wise has higher highs, lower lows, and a shorter duration of move. Because it's a manufacturing metal, it has supply chain disruptions, all of that. Gold's not really a manufacturing metal. It's more of a financial metal. It's more of a political metal, right? So it'll go up, but you're, I don't think, you know, historically, you're not going to have those, those high highs and those low lows. It's going to be more steady. So let's say it clips away at a really good clip. 
even 30% a year, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Silver just tripled. So you increased by like 270% by going back Mm -hmm. into gold, right? So, so that's why it's easy to navigate through this and be in the right place at the right time. When you strip the emotion out of the decision and you just look at the logic and the math behind it, that's what dictates why I'm in silver right now as opposed to gold. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. If, if the numbers were pointing towards gold, I'd be in gold. I mean, I, I truly don't care. And by that token, if gold and silver were both stinky like <laughs> they were in the Reagan years, I'd be in stocks, mm-hmm. right? I, I really don't care. But we're not going to have those kind of times of low interest rates, low inflation, job creation, low taxes for quite some time. I don't mm-hmm. see those times happening anytime real soon. In fact, I see the opposite. I see it's going to get darker before it gets lighter. And what we have this time that we didn't have in the Reagan years is a complete change in currency globally that's, mm-hmm. that's underneath our nose. This is going to cause gold and silver. Never to seen like that. We've never seen anything like that. Um, okay. Uh, probably the last question here, um, and it was, I'm going to combine a few of them, but um, R. Willie Truther um, asked about, says, do you like Bitcoin as a hedge? Somebody asked earlier about uh, uh, XRP and XLM um, as, as, uh, current, as cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of those as a hedge against inflation and what's happening right now? And we'll, uh, we'll end on that one. I think Bitcoin's probably the safest <coughs> now. What I like about cryptocurrency is decentralized blockchain, immutable and non-programmable. You can't change the ownership, right? It is what it is. So that's ultimate privacy. Now, what central bank digital currency is, is the opposite. They know the source of funds, the use of funds. They know the owner because they control the data. So as, as central bank digital currencies come into the fold much more, there's going to be a blockchain technology, a decentralized cryptocurrency that will come up as an alternative. So I'm not against the concept. I think it's probably what we're going to have. Where I think there's too much risk in them right now is we don't know which ones are going to last Mm. and which ones won't, right? So it's not that I'm against the, the concept or the technology behind it, decentralized blockchain. I don't know which one is going to last when they're demonizing every single one of them which right. one's left? I don't know. It's too risky at this point until we know. That's that's my personal opinion on it. Um, people that know crypto that I talk to every single day, like Bitcoin, because I, I'm truly I, I'm not a crypto guy. I, I can't speak to the technology behind it, but I know people that can and they like Bitcoin, right? But but to me. I take it as whenever the government demonizes it the way that they do and they're going to tax it and double tax it and do all kinds of weird stuff that they're proposing, it's like, boy, I'm just going to sit on the sideline until the risk profile is diminished because I want to minimize risk and maximize our return. You could maximize return with cryptocurrency, no doubt, but it also comes with maximized risk. That's not a risk I'm willing to take with myself Mm -hmm. or with my clients. Now, how many... um, uh managers and consultants and, and people are you up to? Cause I know it's consistently grown mm-hmm. uh, the whole time that, that we've been, been working with you. And we went out to Denver a while back. That's how we met Tark from the, the depository, you know, we got to, got to hear them, but got to meet a lot of your team. I don't know how many there was a big room full of people Sharp. and Sharp like people. everyone, we just kept asking each other. 
Okay, there's a barbecue trailer not very far from where I live called Three Pigs. It's amazing. They got they got two trailers. They can hardly keep the second one going because it's hard to get employees. Yeah. You know, it, you know, and it, they're amazing. And it's it's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's like the best barbecue you've ever had anywhere. This guy smokes it himself, but he can't get an employee to man the trailer. It's like it's hard to find employees in America today. Just just and the, the, you don't have to be amazing to run a barbecue trailer. You just kind of have to exist and like handle the transaction. That's it. It's hard yeah. to keep somebody there. Everyone that we met there is like the sharpest person, period. Mm-hmm. You know, truly. They're all even all, all the guys, the kind of guys you kind of hope your daughter brings home. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of a guy. It's like, wow, these dudes are all like Boy Scouts. Uh, your staff is is amazing. How many people do you have working for you now that do the the consults and 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 scheduling? So employees, we have about sixty five, right? Um, and I and it's hard to find them. I mean, really, mm-hmm. we're. I'm very blessed because I, I have the best team on the planet. I, I mean, I'm biased, but they're amazing, right? Mm-hmm. And so so normally there's two ways to look at an employee, right? You can, you can find somebody who has the utmost character and ethics, and that's amazing, but they might be dumb as a stump. Well, they <laughs> I mean, yeah, they've got what I'm looking for, except they're stinking not smart. So right. I can't hire them. You guy could have the which it does here. They can, you could like somebody a lot, but they really do have, they have to, to. Yeah, they have to have. Some or I could have the smartest person on the planet that checks every single box, but they have no character or ethics. It's mm-hmm. like I can't hire them either. So what I'm blessed with on on our team that that comes from decades of praying at home about our company, mm-hmm. grandparents family members praying for our company, praying for our kids, praying for, I mean, literally it's, this is a reflection of prayer in our family and extended family and our employees, right? This is why we've got what we've got, right? So, so we have smart and character all in one. It takes a long time to hire somebody here because that's hard combo to find in today's world. Yeah, I wish it were easy, but it's not right. Mm -hmm. So then you have, the depository that we work with has their own shipping department that boxes everything up. And so basically they're almost like an extension of us because I don't have to hire them, right? Because right. they're they're outsourced. They, they work for the depository, right? And so we've got a lot. When you start to add all of that up, we've got a lot of people that are working on behalf for our customers, which is amazing. But internally, we've got about 65 employees mm-hmm. and but in reality we're much bigger than that because of the people that do stuff for us that aren't really on our payroll Very that cool. that really helps out mm-hmm. a lot um one thing i noticed is we were just you know we're standing around and and talking during the the breaks and, and hanging out you know we'd meet somebody and and talk with them and they knew they knew people that were customers of flyover they're like oh we love when flyover people call and they you know we talk with them and then kind of find out how they started working they're like well my like, I don't remember all the connections, but it was like my mother was like a youth leader when Kirk's church was here and they knew this. And then my cousin, you know, knew it's like everybody it seemed like people probably can't even date at your company because they're all probably related somehow, you know, <laughs> <laughs> carefully might be a cousin. You don't know, uh, but everybody's kind of woven together. One way, a lot of referrals, a lot of like tight knit people knew yeah. each other referral. And a lot of people were involved in church. They were associate pastor. My husband does that. They were all connected in that way somehow, which was kind of cool. That was really cool. 
I mean, that makes it easier to, to hire when, when mm -hmm. you already know the person through years of experience or connections from family members, connections from employees. Um, a lot of the people we hired were clients. Mm -hmm. Our CEO was a client of ours before they started working for us, right? So Ashley that. was a client, then she became an advisor and she, you know, excelled and she became our CEO. Riley, my daughter, founded the firm with us and, and, what the, the company that, that Jolene and I started 13 years ago, what you see today didn't just happen. Mm -hmm. Nothing good in life happens by mistake, nope. right? It was, it was prayers. It was constant prayers. It was hard work. It was tears. It was times of joy. And, and my daughter Riley was our, our C, chief operating officer. My son, Caden, works for the firm. My nephews work for us, right? We have a lot of family members, which is why? Because I know their character and their ethics yep. and they're stinking smart. Yep. Right? Yeah. Because you have to have both of those. I don't care if they're family members. If you can barely fog up a mirror, you don't get a job. <laughs> Uncle Kirk, right? So, Uncle Kirk. So it's, it, it, I mean, truly, I'm just blessed. I'm, I'm really blessed because we, we have... A lot of, but, but it's not like it's, it's you, I mean, you're business owners. It's not like it's, it's fun and joy every single day. There's a sure. lot of pressure a lot of when, work. when, when you're out there speaking the truth, there's tons of people that love you and there's tons of people that don't mm -hmm. because you're speaking the truth. Right. Yep. Um, I mean, look at Jesus, you know, he was Jesus Ooh. Yep. and they crucified him on a cross. Not mm -hmm. everybody loved Jesus. Right. So mm -hmm. So you just, when you're, when you have a gifting and anointing and a calling and a passion to do something, it, it does though, it minimizes the, the pain and the naysayers because you know, you're doing exactly what God called you to do. This is how I feel. It's how my family feels. It's how everybody in this company feels that we are part of something that's bigger than ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's the nature and the character that defines our company. I love it. I love Any it. other questions? Uh, well, we've got more questions than time. Uh, we, let's do this again sometime. Would you be willing to do that? Of course. Anytime. Uh, we would love uh, it. We, we enjoy it a lot. Mm -hmm. Love your team. Love your company. I, I feel like of all the things that we do, I, I really love being able to help people, especially during during COVID mm -hmm. the, uh, with, with, uh, the, with the medical. Mm -hmm. You know, we have some great doctors, people we're able to partner with, give answers and hope and and people that were able to give prescriptions and do things and do in telemedicine. Like, I feel like we really saved lives there. We got emails, you know, Hey, I got my father-in-law out of the hospital. He was on remdesivir. And because of this, you know, doctor was able to, you know, we got him off of that and now he's alive. So like, you know, that that's humbling. Yeah. I feel like you've, you can do a show like this and there's like, people are like, man, I think my, you know, this person's alive now, mm -hmm. you know, cause show. So there's things we can do that just make this really rewarding. You know, we work a lot of 10, 12 hours is not a big deal for our team here. Everybody works a lot, you know, to do what we do. But I really feel like every person we connect with you, it, it, you know, it, it is as close as we can get to almost saving a life because mm -hmm. I do know this is going down. And I know the way you guys take care of people it is like that starfish mm -hmm. example where, you know, the old man and the boy walking on the beach and the boy throwing starfish back and there's thousands of them on there. And the old man's like, what, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm saving starfish. And he goes, well, we can't save all of them. Can you? And he's like, well, I saved that one. You know, I feel like every person that's a part of our team, that's a, that's, a, you know, follows our show 
uh, that reaches out to you guys, it's like that. You know, it's like that's one more that is in good hands. I know you guys are going to be honest with them. You're going to take care of them. And they're protected. It's like getting them off of a train track with an oncoming train. And we know that because we've known you for so long. I mean, you know, like we said earlier, 26 years, we've known you. Your dad was a mentor of ours. So, I mean, we've known each other a long time. So that's amazing. But just also whenever we're at events or we're talking to people, we get emails, we get comments, we get texts, you know, our, our friends, our family, flyover family members, they're always commenting about how much they love the interaction. My mother-in-law, I don't want any grief from her. No, I mean, truly it's like we, just every time it's like, oh, I love Dr. Doctor. I love his team. And so it's always great responses. It's truly an honor to partner with you. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. You're easy to partner with because we love you. I love you. My family loves you. I mean, really, you make it easy. And you're just as passionate about the cause as as we are Mm -hmm. and about truth and about love and about God's direction in our lives, right? It's like, yeah. We, we are blessed to partner with you. So thank you for all that you do. And we try to buy From silver each and every month. Yeah. <laughs> we're, actual, we're real clients, yeah, you know, exactly. uh, as well. So. We're doing the same thing. I'm not, and I don't store it all here at my house. So don't find out where I live. Come and get me. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we kind of take Dr. Kirk's advice too. So it's buried in my yard. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go to flyovergold.com. When you go there again, it's a landing page. You can scroll down towards the bottom, a place that you can fill out your information. So you can set up a free consultation or you can call 720-605-3900 to set up that consultation. So Dr. Kirk, thank you again for your time. We really do appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you, Flyover family, for joining us tonight. And we'll see you back later. Have a great night. Oh! Oh! oh it's it's over! 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 It's Chronologically speaking, Genesis 1-1 is not the first verse in the Bible. There was a world that once existed before Adam. Based upon what the scriptures say, the earth was underwater in Genesis 1-2. It says that Noah and his family boarded the ark because the flood waters were encroaching upon the earth. The official mainstream history, I'm not absolutely sure how much we can actually believe. We all know we're being lied to. 